You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. Welcome to a new episode of Lightworkers Lounge. It's your host, Stephanie Powers, and before we get into today's topic on the North and South Node, moving into Aries and Libra, definitely want to grab your notebook for this one. I want to remind you guys to please leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast from, and most importantly, share the show. Whether it's on your social media accounts, whether it's just word of mouth with friends or family. Hey, I just listened to this amazing podcast about the North and South Nodes changing. Everybody is going to be collectively affected by this. You gotta check it out. Lightworkers Lounge with Stephanie Powers. I so appreciate that. In the world of social media, it's never goes out of style to share things word of mouth. It's one of my happiest feelings in my day-to-day job when I get birth chart readings from people who say, yeah, I've actually never heard of you on Instagram or your podcast. It's just my friend said you gave them the best reading ever and I had to get one or my sister bought this for me because she was blown away by your reading and here we are. So thank you guys so, so much. Now, Let's get real here. I want to ask you a couple of questions and pause it to think about it or just reflect on it as I ask them. What looks pretty on the surface but ugly underneath? What image are you portraying on the surface but what things are kind of ugly in your heart, in your soul, your psyche underneath? Do you know The actual definition of codependency. You know, I'm not too (laughs) embarrassed to say I for so long thought codependency meant someone in a relationship or a friendship or a family dynamic who needs the other person to survive, who wants to spend all of their time with them and do everything with them and is absolutely depressed when they don't have that person. You know, the Sagittarius in me was like, that person's codependent that person's codependent but me no i'm not the problem it's not me (laughs) so imagine again the identity crisis i had when once i went through my saturn return and i unfortunately went through a divorce too i realized wait this is the real definition of codependency it is someone who does everything for someone else who wants to teach someone and control them, not in a manipulative way, so to speak, but just who wants to constantly give acts of service to someone else to help the other person become better or become shaped and molded into the perfect partner for them rather than just accepting who that person is right there and then in that moment. It is someone who is codependent is someone who consistently has a track record of people pleasing. How many of you listening to this are recovering people pleasers with me? Raise your hand. Yeah, not anything to be too proud of, but definitely something to take note of because just because we have these badges on our life resume of people pleaser right here, it's me, 
doesn't mean it's our fate and we're destined to be that way forever. Now, let me ask some of you about the word boundaries. Boundaries. You know, I'm in therapy again right now. If you guys follow our Monday newsletter, What's New and Good?, you know, I've been talking a lot about self-diagnosing. Um, again, as you hear me say over and over, we're in this age and this era of personal development and this super fast track of evolution. And it's beautiful. It's incredible. But if we don't take a break from it, if we don't take a break from the books, the podcasts, the social media accounts, then we can lose ourselves. We can get too hard on ourselves. We can constantly be like, well, what's next? What's next? Who's better? This person is great, but they're not the best. Who's better? Who's next? If we don't stop and relax, right? The self-diagnosis. Um, yesterday, Jail and I attended a couples therapy webinar. Just It was free. BetterHelp is awesome, and they offer those things for free when you're a member. And in the comment section of this webinar, so many people use the word narcissist and gaslighting. And it's cool to see because I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody used these words so popularly, drastically, frequently, just 10 years ago, five years ago. I don't think so. And I was telling my personal therapist yesterday, I was like, I, I know what boundaries are now, I think. I've had some really great guests on my podcast that teach about them. And I myself have read and learned and talked about them with friends. I, I think I'm pretty good. But she stopped me in my tracks when she said, okay, Stephanie, well, how do you maintain your boundaries? And I was like, uh, yeah. Um, I just sat there like moving my jaw like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if someone crosses them removing myself. But then my Scorpio moon popped up and it was like, nah, I don't do that. I hold on to people. I forgive, forgive, forgive under the guise of, well, I know you very intimately. I understand your past, so I can understand why you behave like this. So therefore, I understand, accept, and it's okay that you projected on me that way. But I'm very quickly learning that that's not okay. I'm very quickly learning to become the observer, pull myself out of the trees in the forest of my relationship's life and say, does this relationship feel like one big compromise or does it feel like a beautiful level playing field of win-win situation? So I ask all these questions because the nodes of destiny the North and South Node in astrology are switching signs on July 17th, 2023, next week. Oh, baby, here it comes. And they will be there on the Aries-Libra axis until January 2025. So this is an 18-month transit. It's big. It's huge. It's going to impact us collectively and also individually. Now, friendly reminder, with astrology... I don't want you to listen to the rest of this and think, oh my God, my relationships are going to end or, oh my God, I'm never going to find anybody. I'm going to be alone forever or, oh my God, everything Steph says is my friend group. I have to let go of six people in the next 18 months. Oh my God, forget Right? I want you to relax. Take a deep breath. One bite at a time. And even if you choose to turn this off and say, fuck it, that was overwhelming. I'll just 
let bygones be bygones. I do find that no matter what, the universe, um, God, the stars, astrology, these things are always working no matter what. You know, just like if you'd never check the weather, it's going to be rainy on Tuesday and it's going to be hot on Wednesday. And however you dress appropriately to the weather is how you dress. You're either going to get soaked in the rain or you're going to be too hot in that sweater, whatever. You'll still survive. It just might be a more uncomfortable day. That That's astrology, right? I was just saying on our Q&A on Instagram about Venus retrograde, somebody asked, hey, my what would have been my 15-year wedding anniversary will be July 22nd when Venus goes retrograde. Is there any big meaning to this? What's really cool, and I love doing this with you guys in our private readings, is pulling up the ephemeris, which is this big book of dates and numbers, and it looks crazy, that you can go back and see, like, okay, my wedding date was September 7th. 2011. And you pull up that date and you can see where the sun was, where the moon was, Mercury, Venus, Mars, all the planets. And when you apply that to your natal birth chart and see, like, (laughs) I have yet to not see anything incredible when I do this with clients. We are all so hardwired and functioning with the moon, with the sun. It's incredible. And again, astrology is something you experience, not something you believe. I'm a very big believer in that quote. So the knowns are changing signs. They've been in Scorpio and Taurus for the past 18 months. Hey, people with Scorpio and Taurus heavy in their chart. Are you guys okay? You just had a lot of karma, but also forward movement in your identity or whatever personal planet the nodes might have been hitting off for you. You just probably went through a long string of pain in order to be pushed into your purpose. You guys are probably feeling more mighty than ever, but probably don't want to reflect back too much on the past 18 months, right? Life, discomfort, it's inevitable. So again, I preface this episode with that notion that it's just a weather forecast, right? But ultimately, if you don't feel satisfied in your friendships, in your family dynamic, in your marriage or love life, you should be very excited for this transit, right? Perfect love does not fall in our lap as much as the movies want to make it out to be. It just doesn't. Um, At 34, I'm very quickly learning that love is a series of peaks and valleys of deaths and rebirths. If you can navigate the inevitable valleys and storms and love, you get an even higher peak, an even greater form of bonding and love that you didn't even know was possible. So with this transit of the nodes moving into Aries and Libra, be excited because this is going to help you figure out, well, what do I need to let go? I keep looking around and I am just striking out in love. Well, these nodes are going to work in your favor to help you figure out exactly what that block could be. Okay? So those first two questions that I shared, what looks pretty on the surface, but ugly underneath. Think about that question individually, but also in relationships. Maybe it's you and your best friend. Of course, the cliche answer would be you and your romantic partner. What looks pretty on the surface, but ugly underneath. Do you know the actual definition of codependency? Do you actually know how to set, but most importantly, maintain boundaries because it's very easy to say please do not talk to me like that but when that person continues to do so what do you do (laughs) right 
<laughs> and so you and me both are learning this right now. But I ask those questions because those represent the Libra South Node. <laughs> the Aries North Node is going to ask us to be courageous. Share our truth, even if others paint us as ugly. The most... Ugly is such an ugly word. I don't like saying it. I need to come up with a different one. <laughs> so dra- dramatic. But the most obvious example I can give about this is social media that comes to mind. There are so many political social justice issues that we are, remember, we are in this fast track of evolving and these ugly conversations need to happen. We need to point it out, but some people just take it and run with it and attach their identity to it. And cancel culture is the most perfect example of that. It's become intense. It's become so extreme, this cancel culture and this name calling behind a screen that oftentimes people don't want to share their truth. Oh my God, imagine if someone said, I actually like Donald Trump. I I, I mean, I don't, he's not my favorite candidate, but I kind of believe in a lot of the things he says. Oh God, shunned, kicked out of the world, <laughs> right? Then that shouldn't be the case. People should be able to say, oh, well, I don't, but that's cool that you do, okay? But that just won't happen because people are so heated, right? So a lot of people are very much holding back and being creatively stifled, wearing a muffle on social media, which is not what it's supposed to be. And the root of all that is because we've got reactive people who are a walking manifestation of those Libra South nodes, right? What looks pretty on the surface but ugly underneath? You could It's so bizarre to me when you see comments that are so nasty. You click on their profile and it's like, God-loving Christian woman with a beautiful photo of her and her children. And you're like, wait, what? How can someone that looks so cliche American perfect be so fucking nasty on the internet? Right? And do you know the actual definition of codependency? That question is, how many people do you know, maybe even including yourself, are really codependent, but point the finger at everybody else being codependent on them. These are just people who are burnt out from people pleasing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. North Node and Aries will ask us, are you ready to fight for love? Are you ready to fight to reclaim your individuality? Your identity, if you felt like over the past three years especially, we won't even get started on COVID, V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S, we're not going to go there, but politics, those things have just been so hot and heated and so pendulum swinging wildly from left to right. The censorship, the online bullying, it's been wild and I think a lot of us have lost our identity. And we just thought, wow, like life is so crazy right now. Financially, a lot of us are struggling. Um, (sighs) Career-wise, purpose-wise, family dynamics, everything just seems hot and heated. And so all of a sudden we wake up post-COVID and we're like, who am I? Because I just had to morph into someone I don't feel I am. Who am I? Right? And I'll talk about this more towards the end of this episode. But as you guys heard a few episodes back, Venus retrograde. 
She's happening July 22nd, right in the middle. It's like the nodes change July 17th. Three days later, all of a sudden Venus is like, hey, I, I, I want to play. I want to jump in this pool. She pulls the brakes and that's intense. And we're going to get into that once I explain more about the nodes and the signs so you can really have a firm understanding of it. But it's just so cosmic, so karmic, so synchronistic how many transits are like, okay, let's all join forces because these people need to learn about love and individuality. Like it's time. (laughs) Atlantis is coming. So this Venus retrograde paired with the nodes changing signs may really show us who and what is worth going to battle for and who or what you need to hang your hat on. Just remember being courageous, practice sharing your truth, even when others paint you as ugly. I hate that word. What's another word we can use for ugly? Paint you as um, mean, <laughs> undesirable, not resonant with them. <laughs> so JL actually gave me a really, well, he posted it on his Instagram story because this guy, oh my gosh, he is so good with the quotes. Um, he said, the thing you fear they will hate you for is what they will end up loving you for. Do you get it? The thing you fear people will hate you for is actually what people will end up loving you for. If you share your truth, you may worry that you will get canceled, whether this is a large scale on social media or a small scale up just in your family or friendship circle. And sometimes that will happen. But I often find that this quote rings so true. The people who once cancel you for something that triggers them and they don't know how to react appropriately to that trigger will very soon admire the courage you had to even come out and share that belief, that thought. And we need more real life examples of that. That right there, that quote is just so the epitome of the nodes moving into Libra and Aries. You know, my therapist, and I'm going to talk about this in the newsletter on Monday. So if you guys aren't already signed up, it's free. It's every single Monday. We show up. What's new and good? We talk about the bad, but then we always finish it with the good. We talk about all the problems and always put an optimistic spin on it. What in the Sagittarius? Sign up. Go to lightworkers-lounge.com. There will either be a pop-up that pops up, or you can scroll to the bottom and pop in your email address. Come hang out with us. I love, love when you guys reply and respond and share your stories. It's the favorite part of my Monday morning is hearing from you guys. So go sign up because we're going to talk about this topic. I wrote it down. So my therapist is very religious. She's Christian. And at first I wanted to be like, oh goodness, like that's I'm not, I don't have anything just because I'm not, does not mean I think negatively about it. Okay, Aries Libra. Uh, I just, it doesn't, doesn't resonate. (laughs) It just doesn't hit, you know, it doesn't have the vibe. I can't catch that vibe. And I never could. I have never been someone who is interested um, in organized religion, although I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful when people use it appropriately for what it's supposed to be used for. I love it. I love watching other people worship and believe and practice a faith. 
I truly do. I went to my cousin's wedding last month and it was very heavy Catholic. And that was like my first time in a church. <laughs> I can hear people now like, I knew she was possessed by the demon. That was my first time in a church in my gosh years. And I think it's so beautiful how just peaceful and serenity our church is, right? The statues are a little creepy with like blood falling out of them, but it was still a really cool experience. So my therapist is Christian. Um, and she mentioned, we were talking about family dynamics and she shared with me some of her own and I just laughed and was like, is there such thing as a healthy family? Like we're all striving for it. And I always say like, Hey therapist, one of my goals is to maybe become a parent someday. Or even if I don't is to just have my own healthy, calming, supportive, loving family. (laughs) And then just from what I hear from her, I'm like, oh, does this even exist? Is that like an unobtainable goal? It's like I'm reaching for something that I think is tangible and I can grab and bring to me, but it's really just a cloud. My fingers going through it. And she laughed and said, girl, even the first family known to man, speaking Genesis, the Bible, was dysfunctional. Jesus, Mary, God, (laughs) And I was like, that is a really good point. Um, from the little I do know about the Bible, uh, that, that definitely was a dysfunctional family <laughs> dynamic. And so she was like, the answer is no. There is no such thing as good, supportive, perfect, all the time families. But what there is are people who do the work, who have awareness, who self-soothe, but also soothe through healthy partners and friends and community and react to things better and are not afraid of apologizing those things are what we work towards and go to therapy for and listen to podcasts and read books for but can we put it into practice when the time arises you know I feel like a lot of women are naturally very Libra-esque Libra is a very feminine energy it's soft it's people-pleasing it's beauty love harmony and a lot of men are very Aries energy, masculine, war, business, drive, sports, athletics, muscles, (laughs) right? How it's just tale as old as time. Women go to therapy and drag the men along. All of my birthright readings are mostly with women, and then they get so excited for the self-discovery and the tools they learn about themselves and also love and relationships that the next thing I know, they're booking readings for their partners. And I'm like, hey, don't do that. (laughs) Let them find me on their own organically. But it's it's that Venus versus Mars, Libra versus Aries dynamic, right? So we'll get more into that in a minute. But I want to talk about the South Node versus the North Node. What are these guys in the birth chart? If you use astro.com, you will see the North Node's symbol. It kind of looks like a horseshoe or a lucky clover or, yeah, I'd say a horseshoe. That's a good description for it. And this represents where we're going. The south node doesn't have a symbol, but to find it, you simply just draw a line right through the birth chart, and it's opposite of the north node. So if your north node is in Aries, your south node will inevitably, inevitably be in Libra because that's the sign opposite. If your north node is in Pisces, your south node is in Virgo. If your north node is in Sagittarius, your south node is in Gemini, so on and so forth. So a lot of people invest in birth chart consultations 
to understand their purpose. When you book a reading with me, I have this intake form that I ask you like to point out, hey, what do you really want to know? What do you, there's so much in these charts, we can get overwhelmed. Let's think of one thing we really want to dive into. And the most common next to love is what is my purpose? I feel so lost. I don't know where I'm going or where I should even look to go. The North Node is the first thing I look for. It's the first thing I look for because this is literally telling you this is where your soul should move towards in order to experience that destiny type feeling. You guys listening to this probably know the midheaven, the MC, that bold line at the top of your chart. This is your career line. And while I encourage people to move towards that for finances, for money, for where it just seems like all doors of opportunity open with that sign, that's great. But at the end of the day, we want to make money, feel like we have a purpose, but also come home and say, I love my job. I would do this even if I didn't get paid. I really found my purpose. This is amazing. That energy is the North Node. So when I'm helping people find their purpose, the meat and potatoes of that equation is the Midheaven and the North Node. So the North Node is where your soul wants to go. The South Node is where you came from. To my listeners who are very curious about past lives, your South Node can give you a good indication of who, what you were in a past life. Um, I'll use my own example, my chart. You guys know me well. This podcast is always an online diary, so this will maybe drive the point home. My personal North Node is in Pisces. Ooh, yeah, Pisces. My south node being in Virgo, since that's a sign opposite. Before I had this podcast in my workers' lounge, I was a holistic health coach. I worked with people, um, helping them with labs, with hormones, with food, diet, exercise, all Virgo things because it came naturally to me. And yes, lots of doors opened and I just aced it, knocked it out of the park because it came so naturally to me. I was so passionate about it. My practice was called Evolve to Health. And number two, ha, there it is. Well, that was fine and dandy, but I very quickly, I only did this for like three, four years tops because I was like, this feels great. Wow, this is so much better than working in corporate America. But something feels like it's missing. And I will never forget, I was in one of my last few consultations with a client and she was talking and sharing and I just got this vision and this idea, almost like disassociating, where I was like, I have solved so many people's health issues just by uncovering the energetic dynamic. Like I have had women clear up IBS just by leaving a toxic partnership. Um, I have had people's acne, eczema, rosacea, psoriasis clear up just by leaving their family's house and moving out and being on their own and releasing a lot of anger. It was amazing. And so that's how Lightworkers Lounge was born is I was like, okay, this is really cool. The whole dynamic of energy and especially conception, fertility, that is something that is so energetic, it deserves its own podcast. But that is the south node versus the north node. My north node is in Pisces. This was my soul saying, hey, move into a more spiritual side. Virgo heals people physically through diet, exercise, surgery, band-aids, you name That's Virgo. 
Now we need to heal people through spirituality, the arts, the unconditional. We need to heal more mental health, the illness and ailments that we can't see Pisces and let go of the ones we can you know I was a specialist in hormones and the thyroid those are big Virgo things because they're literal they're physical you can see them tangible Pisces is the mental health the energy of people how cool is that so the south node is where we come from and the north node is where we are going a really good book for this I recommend so often is astrology for the soul by Jan Spiller and I will add that to our show notes So the purpose of humans is to evolve, right? We must use what we are born into, our family, or what happened to us throughout our childhood and adolescence to move towards what's possible. And it's often something you deem impossible. I'll never forget when my mom took me to a psychic fair when I was 18, and a psychic told me that I would have a career in spirituality. I burst out laughing and said, I'm not. (laughs) I was a DJ at the time. So when they said spirituality, I just cracked up. It was like me, a nun. (laughs) Yeah, right. Not thinking, you know, 18 years old, such linear thinking, not realizing it could be something like this or astrology, right? So I'll never forget that conversation. I wish I remembered that psychic so I could be like, do you want to be a guest on my spiritual podcast? (laughs) And just totally give them kudos and credit. But we must use what we are born into or what happened to us, South Node, in order to move into what's possible, North Node. And so in readings, I often find a lot of people cringe, especially my young 20-something clients when I tell them, you know, you're supposed to move towards this type of energy. The one that gets the most shocking expressions are the Leo Aquarius. This is the creative and the star of the show. These are people who are like, I'm so introverted when I have an Aquarius self node. I'm used to being behind the camera in the dark. And now I'm like, oh, you got to be center stage, like the main character energy they're always like no that's not me but I've kind of always wished it was (laughs) because it's that little whisper is your north node so south node where we come from and what we need to move out of in order to reach our north node here we go Aries versus Libra me versus you I versus we Dual versus duet is the Aries-Libra axis. This is the axis of relationships, right? Aries is I'm independent, don't need no one. Libra is I can't wait to get married. I dream of my partner becoming my best friend. I feel so incomplete when I'm not in love, right? The ultimate relationship is one we can be an individual in, yet enjoy the fruits of partnership, yet still know who we are, not lose our identity. Women, how many of us lose ourselves to wife and mother? We become codependent on our children, on our partners. It's natural because we love love. We are the peacekeepers, the emotional gurus. It's a very natural thing for us to do, but we must in order to not burn out, fry out, Show up independently and remember who we are, who we were before we took on those roles. 
right? So some things that will be favorable to work with astrology and the universe on during this 18-month transit. What things have you left unsaid because you hate conflict? What things have you not been honest about, left unsaid, pushed it under the rug, said, yeah, I'll talk about it next month or two or three? (laughs) Because you hate conflict, guys, I know. You'd think I have Libra in my chart, but I don't. I hate conflict too. It is so energetically taxing and draining. And the Sag in me is like, what do you mean you can't just laugh and get over it? <laughs> Let, Let it go. But we have to answer these questions. Now, take a deep breath with me and get real with this question. Ready? studio the office i'm in smells like jasmine because my jasmine bloomed wish you guys could scratch and sniff on your headphones ready for this one what or who have i been pretending to like what or who am i pretending to like who am i pretending i like but really as soon as i stop talking to them hang up the phone or when i on my drive home from hanging out with them i'm like ah what am I pretending to like? I love my job. It's great. I love who I work with. I re- But then on my commute there on Monday, I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. That is a big question we will be going over with this 18-month transit. What do I not even bother pursuing? Because I'm so afraid of what others will think, right? There's nothing wrong with being kind, considerate, and prioritizing love from others. These are, this is what we came to do. You guys know love, the greatest force that can't be measured. It starts and ends. Everything starts and ends with love, but there's nothing wrong with being kind, considerate, and prioritizing love and relationships until you realize one day that you have lost yourself in it and you become resentful, and you become really grumpy and triggered all the time. And then you look at your partner, your kids, or your pets, or your friends, and you're like, I fucking hate you because I lost who I am because of you. You just siphoned all the energy and the love and the light out of me. I don't recognize myself anymore. And then you start to lose clumps of hair and your period becomes irregular and your skin gets really dry and your eyebrows thin and you go to the doctor and they take your blood and they realize, oh, you have thyroid issues. You have hypothyroid. Congratulations. Hashimoto's is coming up next. Here's your medication. Goodbye. The thyroid is the highway between the head and the heart. Here comes my Virgo South node. (laughs) It's the highway between the two. And when we are just operating from one or we're not listening to the other, talk to the other, the energy gets stuck right in that thyroid. Do you guys really think it's any coincidence that so many women have thyroid issues. They're exhausted. The thyroid keeps your energy up. It keeps all the other hormonal systems working. When we just give, 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 people please, people please, people please, and stipen our voice, we don't say, hey, I don't like that, don't do that. Or this is over. Hey, do not do, talk to me like that. Oh, you think I'm a bitch? That's great. I'm glad. Take it somewhere else where people care. Right? That's the so not us. Because it can breed conflict. 
it gets stuck in the thyroid and it burns out and it says, I can't keep up. I need more energy in this throat chakra. Please wear something blue. <laughs> Please paint a blue heart on your neck, something. And it becomes burnt out, right? Speaking up for yourself, asking for uh, more money, telling people no, fuck off is such a manly thing to do. It comes naturally for them, which is why a lot of them don't have thyroid issues. Totally not discounting the ones that do because I have worked with them and it does happen, but it's nowhere near as common as women, right? So under this transit, we will have to face it. We are the source of how our life currently is. Ooh, Steph, fuck you, I'm turning this off. You are the source of how the relationships or lack thereof in your life are going. Oh, the people pleaser in me wants to say, don't be mad. Don't turn it off. Please come back next week for another episode. (laughs) But it's true. And when you can digest this, you can understand the key to freedom. My computer just like shut off. We're still recording, but it's almost like. The people pleaser, like, oh, no, my audience is going to cancel me, shot out and said, oh, you're done. No, we're going to keep it rolling. We're going to step into my personal Aries North Node, right? (sighs) The self-accountability mirror. Even when, because there, of course, are situations where you are the victim, and it sucks, and it's not fair, and that person is totally projecting on you, and screw them for doing that. But why did you allow it? Why are you still in a room where no love is being served? Where no one is putting in the work, even though you ask, you ask, you ask. Hey, go book this birthright reading with this girl. She's great. Hey, please go to BetterHelp. I have a coupon from that girl too. Let's go. But they're not. They say, I love you, baby, I will. But they don't. (sighs) We are the source of how our life currently is. We are always in control of what energy we allow around us. And we don't need to apologize for cutting people off, for setting energetic and literal boundaries with people. That is acceptable. Remember the boundaries. It's not only about making them, it's the follow through. It's the maintaining them. Do I keep them up? The more I set boundaries and then somebody crosses them and I'm like, okay, That teaches them like a dog, like, oh, she sets boundaries all the time, but she really doesn't care. She doesn't stick to them. That's a slippery slope. So North Node in Aries, it's time to reclaim our identity, our individuality. For the next 18 months, you may notice both in your life and around you that codependent relationships and relationships that do not have mutual respect will end. It will just be a very organic, probably not so dramatic, natural end. But people doing their Aries homework, people who didn't turn the podcast off when I said, it's you, hi, you're the problem, it's you. (laughs) They get to reinvent and revitalize both their identity and their relationships. And you can join forces with like-minded people, both in a romantic friendship sense and also in business. Right? Aries is set in their identity and fights when you try and take it away. Libra absorbs everyone else's identity and fights when eventually they feel unseen. Aries shows up so confident to a date. They're like, this is me. I loved mountain bike. That's it. 
If you don't, well, I'm going or you can come with me. And that's that. They will not be flimsy like, well, if you don't like it, we can go here. And that's why we love Aries because they're so boldly confident. Um, I just love my Aries clients. I, I feed off that fire. Now, Libra, they are so sweet, and they came here to learn about love, to love and be loved. So they often say, oh, you like to mountain bike? I, I would love to go. Oh, I used the bike all the time when I was young. I would love to go. Lying, because they have never, in fact, been on a mountain bike in their life. And then they end up going, and sometimes, you know, don't sleep on a Libra. They like to have fun. They'll do some cool shit. But then they'll get into a relationship and win the Aries over. And they're like, dude, my girlfriend's so cool. She's gorgeous because she's a Libra. But she also likes to go mountain biking. You won't believe it. And she's just like smiling. Like, yes, I got love. I love love. But then six months goes by. Aries is still going mountain biking because they told the truth. That's their thing. And Libra is like, if I have to go get muddy one more freaking time and break my nails that I just got done... And then they get angry and they get really upset. And oftentimes Libra will go to someone else to get their love satisfied. And that just causes a big bonfire that could have been avoided. So that is that Aries-Libra dynamic. Apply that individually and collectively. Now speaking of collectively, I did a little research on this. You may see or expect businesses, politicians joining forces or going independent. And individually, is the thing I don't like about someone actually something I have in me? Think about that question. Is Think about someone that triggers you, that you're just like, I can't stand that person. Did you recently go through a breakup? Did you recently go through a friendship breakup? Look at the person you broke up with and think about why it ended. Think about what just was so eh about them that you're like, I can't do this anymore. Is there actually a shadow piece of you that either thinks or behaves that way yourself? This is the juice, right? This is the true accountability because now you can say, oh shit, yeah, actually, wait a second. Yeah. And then you can bring self-awareness to let it go, to switch your thoughts. Where You guys know these quotes. You're one thought away from a totally different life. Are your current relationships built on the truth of who you actually are? Do you feel lonely in a crowded room? Let's think about these things. So, in summary, we are learning I versus we. Can I show up as an individual while still enjoying partnership? Can I set and maintain boundaries with everyone around me so that I show up authentically? My thyroid is amazing and working at full speed. (laughs) My throat chakra is blazing. And I enjoy beautiful relationships. And when the inevitable conflict comes, I say, all right, let me roll up my sleeves. I got this. I'll both take ownership for my own behavior and really work on not repeating that. I'll work up showing, I'll work on showing up differently, but you'll also naturally as a result, invite in partners who are the same and say, Hey, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, that, that was me too. I recognize the role I played and I'm not going to do this anymore. So thank you for being a calm space. I love you. I love you. You know, my therapist shared with me that when she was arguing with her daughter, 
it was just getting heated and ah, and she's like, I just at one point just grabbed her and I just held her and I, t- I held her head and she just melted into me. I just felt her whole body relax into me as she cried. And how beautiful is that? To not be so on the defense and not feel like every battle and fight is a war to be won. To just say, I love this person more than this matters. Come here. And to just hold them, even though you want to punch them or you want to yell at them or say, fuck off, I'm leaving you. Can you choose love, Libra, in that moment of war, Aries? So I leave you with this. During this 18 months of the North and South Node and Libra and Aries, there may be some tough goodbyes or painful realizations of yourself. Please be gentle. Be Cancerian gentle. Happy birthday, Cancers. By the end of this, January 2025, should you continuously show up, put in the work, do the uncomfortable things, lean into love when you want to go independent, The reward will be the greatest of all. A love so deep, so real that it sets you free. The aspects to this one are strong. Remember, Venus retrograde, we've got Chiron, the wounded healer coming into it. We are really putting in work this summer or winter for some listeners to clean up long-standing generational patterns. Oh my gosh, if you really want to dive into this work and reap really beautiful rewards in the middle or by the end of this, ask your parents or your grandparents. And if you can't, just observe, do some questioning, pull out the Scorpio in your chart and see what patterns are repeating and how can I change them? right? Because once that old family barn, I was taking my notes on this, I pictured there's a big family barn. Can you tell them in the Midwest? And it's dirty and there's so many old things stored in it, covered in a mess. And boy, does it need remodeled, but you got to start somewhere. And you go in there and you ask the questions, you clean things, you move things, you donate and get rid of a lot of things. And it becomes this incredible warming, nurturing family space. So once that old family barn is clean, empty, well, the universe sure doesn't like empty spaces. Wink, wink. (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this entire podcast if you made it this far. If you have Aries or Libra in your big three or perhaps your nodes, I want to talk to you. Book a birth chart reading, lightworkers-lounge.com. Use your podcast listener discount code gratitude at checkout, and I will see you then. Oh my gosh, it's a tin roof above me, and it just started raining these big, wet storm raindrops, and it's the most gorgeous sound, and I truly believe that rain represents a spiritual cleanse. Oh, how we needed this at the end of an episode like this. Sending love from a beautiful summer rain. I'll see you guys next episode.